Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, it's been another week, a little bit longer in COVID land. Uh, how you a doing? A little bit longer than a week. It's... I think we started a week. <laughs> well, I meant it's since, about time to record the other podcast. I think a uh, week since our last podcast. We recorded on a Sunday last time, and it's Thursday. You're right. So it's a little over a week and a half, but yeah. it's close enough to a week and a half. Anyways, we're late. What have we been doing with our COVID time? Uh, nothing. We've done done absolutely. <laughs> we really have We've not done, done much. No improvement, no bread making, rising. I don't... Um, okay, bread making. I don't want to do the sourdough thing. I have no... I desire it. I have seen some uh, fry bread recipes actually running around my little uh, like Facebook and Twitter thing, and I was thinking about trying to do that, but uh, I haven't done that either. I don't know. Try to... Bread's awesome. It's... Yeah, but we can also just buy it. <laughs> <laughs> right now we can. You're right. Right now we can. Um, you just got back from some uh, tennis lesson, correct? Yes. Did it feel good to be out of the house and moving around and doing things? Yes, it did. It was also incredibly hot. It's so hot. It's what kind so of right safety precautions are they precautions are they taking? Well, you can't touch the balls. Okay. Which seems weird for a game of tennis, but like the coach <laughs> won't hit the ball to you. Okay. And you can't do serves because you would be touching the ball if you did. Touching the ball. Makes and sense. And like before, you pick up the balls out with the basket. You have to disinfect your arms and disinfect the basket and. Okay, good. So it sounds like you were staying the appropriate yeah, distance away. Six feet away, yes. All right, cool. So I'm glad I'm glad you're doing that then. That's uh, some exercise is a good thing, right? Yes. Uh, what kind of uh, media and entertainment kind of things have we been have we been doing in this last week and I've been doing a half or so. I've been watching some movies, some movies I haven't told you about because you probably wouldn't like that I've watched them. Well, let's hear what they are. And uh, Back to the Future, I watched it on my own. Have you seen that before? Uh, not all of it, but I've seen most of it on cable, so I knew it. I, uh, could, I could quote it. I got you. Um, but also The Social Network. You watch The Social Network? Yeah. Why didn't we watch that together? I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> my own thing. I watched The Social Network. <laughs> all right. Well, did you like it? It's a very good movie. Yeah. Uh, who directed that? David Fincher. And who wrote the script? No idea. Aaron Sorkin. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good, good combination. What did you think of uh, Jesse Eisenberg in that role? He was really, really good. Yeah, right? And um, who about the guy, who's the guy who he, and I'm just going to say in the parlance of the movie, who came up with the formula that he, I mean, he didn't really steal it, but, you know, who came up with the mathematic, the equation. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. He's great in that too, what, right? We were talking about him earlier. Like, what? Where, how did he, what has he done besides Spider-Man? Yeah, and now we, now we remember. There we go. Social Network. Very cool. Um, Justin Timberlake, I know. Yeah, he had, a, he had a pretty big. He was good at that too. Yeah, I can everyone, sing, everyone. dance, and act. It was, a, it was all around a very, very good movie. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. So, well, cool. Well, I'm glad you watched it. Uh, that would be one. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I won't put it on like in my top list or anything, but it's definitely like a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, what else? What other surprises you got for me? Um. I don't know. I've been looking for things to watch. I need my own show. I'm waiting for the Arrowverse, like them to be out in 
those to Netflix because I'll probably watch those on my own like I do every summer. It's kind of a me summer tradition. I watch all the Arrowverse shows that come to Netflix. Yeah, I want to watch Stargirl with you, though, too, because that's the new one. Of course, it won't be on Netflix, probably. And because a friend of mine's in it, plays one of the villains. Yeah. So one of like the, not like the big villain, but like he's in like multiple episodes. Yeah. He's so not, I don't. He's in, he's not a monster of the week. He's up there. Exactly. I don't know how exactly they're, um, you know, like the their whole scenario. But I think there was a head villain, and he's got several, maybe three or four, like little minor villains that I don't know how often he'll be in it or whatnot. But that's exciting. And I I know he's a posting about it, but I don't know. I'm not going to say anything more because uh, I don't want to give any spoilers allowed. You know that it, I don't want to get him in trouble. That yeah. bottom line. Uh, well, all right, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, are you reading anything? Oh yeah, and you should be watching is me and my mom. We have a thing where we watch comedy TV shows together. We watch Parks and Rec together. So I've been kind of trying to replace that, fill the void Parks and Rec left us. So we started Community. We finished season one, and oh, the seasons are so long. It's old television. We're like 25-episode seasons. Isn't that crazy that, that that was kind of the norm? You used to have, like, I think I'll call it the, like the back nine as far as, like, a network. Like, if you were, like, creating a TV show and you'd do the show and they would they'd give an order. You order the pilot, and if they like the pilot, then they order, like, 14 episodes. And then if it's going well, like an episode three or four, when they've shown them, then they'll order the other back nine, and then they'll complete the season. So that just seems crazy now when we have most of our shows that we watch or tend to like seem to be like eight to ten episodes, usually, maybe 12. Um, All right, well, let's talk a little bit about some television we've been watching as of recent. And uh, let's talk about some Rick and Morty. They had the whole last, I guess, five episodes of the season, and they're releasing them week per week. And there's been another one. What have you thought so far? I've really the first one was really fun. That first one might be like that's top ten Rick and Morty episodes. Yeah, that was the pretty first great. One was probably the most meta Rick and Morty episode of them all. It was their per season anthology episode. Story train and all the Jesus stuff was funny and yeah, that was a pretty great episode. Right, incredibly. I'm not sure how more meta you could possibly get. And according to people on the subreddit, because, well, now that I'm starting to watch Community, I kind of also see it, but, like, apparently that episode was, like, the most Dan Harmon thing imaginable. Like, okay. that was all Dan Harmon. And what do they mean by that when they say that? Like, all the things Dan Harmon's, are no- Dan Harmon's known for is in that episode. Well, I guess that's what I'm trying to find out. What are those things? What are those things uh, Dan I'm Harmon is sure. known for? I'm not sure. Okay, so when they make that reference, you, we're not... We don't know exactly what specifically they're referring to. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if you find more similarities as you guys are watching Community. And see if there's more parallels. We have a, Who is it, Dan Harmon or Justin Roiland doing Solar Opposites? Which Justin Roiland and Mark Mahan. Okay. Both of those people work on Rick and Morty. All right, so it'd be really cool if you were able to notice, and this, if there's something to notice, there may not be, seeing how community relates to Rick and Morty and how Solar Opposites relates to Rick and Morty, and see so that we can define for yourself what a, what is a Justin Roiland, what is a was a Dan Harmon, you know, what are their traits, what are their things, so we could say like, oh, it is more of a Dan Harmon episode this time for Rick and Morty. Yeah. I'm just curious about that, what they mean by that. And the second episode, which was. Um Oh, yeah, the first episode was called Never Ricking Morty, and that was just, that was, I mean, it's so funny. It's so funny. 
whole bunch of reoccurring characters, like 90% of the trailers in that episode. And it's just, yeah, it's just really funny. And what about the next episode? Next episode is Pro Mortius. So kind of an alien parody. And that was, I was disappointed in that episode. Were you really? I was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like, it, I don't feel like it was Rick and Morty good. Yeah. I think I, I like liked it. The jokes I think I liked it better than you did. Fell flat. Okay. At least to me. Okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of it. All right. So let's. What about solo? Explain solar opposites if we haven't done that. Let's not do that on this. All right. Podcast. Cool. Let's wait. Till, let's wait till we're done with solar opposites to talk about solar opposites. All right. Sounds good. Anyways, it's another cartoon. We're watching it, and Justin Rowland created, and he's half of Rick and Morty. So further updates on that. Uh, we're also in the middle of our kind of Star Wars saga we had started with yes, May the 4th. a while back with May the 4th. I feel like we should have finished it by now. Well, you wanted to finish it by now. <laughs> yeah. We're like, no, let's watch other things. We have one little room to watch TV in, basically, and so we have consensus is the key, right? Yes. So um, we have now, we've done, we did the, you know, 4, 5, 6. We've done 1, we 2, did that 3. one day. Yep, that was it. it was May the 4th. We buckled down. I think your mom was working. That probably helped with that. Yeah. Uh, we've done 1, 2, 3. And what? we've done 7. Is that where we are? Yes. All right. So what do you think so far? Is this... The one... I think all my opinions on the original trilogy kind of stayed the same, except for I like New Hope a lot more. Oh, okay. I previously did. I don't know. I think I need to watch Rogue One again. I don't know if I like it enough to move it over Rogue One on my rankings, but The Phantom Menace wasn't as appallingly bad as I remember it. Revenge of the Sith was, like, actually good. Yeah, I ended up and really liking Attack that. Attack of the Clones was atrocious. It was atrocious. atrocious. One wasn't as bad as I thought. Two wasn't as good as I thought. I mean, I didn't really like it, but I was putting it above, way above one. Uh, but it wasn't. It was so much worse. And Writing. three was good. Yeah, three was good. Yeah, it's just a good really movie. Good. Um... Attack of the Clones, though. The writing in that movie. It's just, just yeah, atrocious. The, I mean, it's one of the few times you watch something and you're like, oh, I feel really sorry for those actors having to say those words. Like, nobody could make those words believable. Yeah, like, so that's how kind of bad it was, it felt like, at times. George Lucas and someone else was one who wrote the script. I think maybe, like, for that like for that movie, George Lucas just had this hate for Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen. I was just like, let's make them say the most awkward... <laughs> Charitable lines, imagine. Yeah, I, I'm sure he was doing the best he could, but or whoever, you know. Uh, yeah, it was rough. Yes. It was real. It was really rough. So, what did you think of uh, the and Force so Awakens? The movie could be so much shorter. Too Attack of the Clones. There's a lot of fight scenes that didn't really need to be in there, like the first fight scene between Jango Fett and Obi Wan Kenobi. Their starting positions in the fight. It's the same exact as the ending positions. Like, that could have, you could have raced the whole fight and just shown the ending of the fight, and it would have made just as much sense. So, it was completely, it didn't do anything didn't do for anything. plot. Did it reveal anything character wise? Because those people say that's the two reasons. Like, a, a scene should, you know, in the best of all possible worlds, it should advance the plot and reveal character. And we're saying it didn't advance the plot. Because basically, they, yeah, they end up in the same position. One goes away, one stays. 
though he does put the tracker on, but you're, I guess you're saying that he could have put the happened. tracker on without that, the fight. It could have been just putting the tracker on. What about just coolness factor of a Jedi versus, you know, Jango Fett fight? Or did it was it not cool enough to be just entertaining I, I enough on was, its own? I don't think it was entertaining enough to justify that it didn't really do anything for the story. Okay. For character um, development. I think one of the reasons I think I remembered liking this movie more is, is that planet, and maybe not that scene, but just the whole the ocean, the visuals of that ocean planet and the waves, and I really loved that. Uh, but I think that's not enough to justify, you know, the rest of the movie, uh, of course. I was so every time they cut away from Padme Amidala and Anakin Skywalker, I was just so happy. A sigh of relief. I was like, <laughs> not more of that. Yeah, Hank. Show how do you feel about Owen McGregor? How do you feel about sand? Oh, I hate sand. <laughs> I mean, that's the one. That's one of the worst. Oh, I know. So there's a there's a part of Attack of the Clones if you don't remember, but like where Hayden Christians has to be like, I don't like sand. It's coarse sandy, and rough, and coarse and rough, and gets everywhere. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, Ewan McGregor's great in though, right? I just like him. Yeah. I was surprised. It's a very likable presence. Yes. I was surprised in the second one and on the the third one that um, I I feel like the Jedi made a lot of stupid moves. Yeah. I was surprised at how like supposed to show the decline of the Jedi and the rise of the Empire. Yeah, I guess so, and I guess it did that. So there we go. Uh, What did you think about the Force Awakens? Force Awakens. That's number seven. I think my opinion of the Force Awakens stayed the same. Really, only true negative I have about that movie is how similar it is to New Hope. Yeah. It's kind of beat for beat the same. Yeah. Uh, But when we take... So, yes. But that beat for beat is also like the hero's journey. Like a ton of movies have that beat for beat. So, it was the fact that this franchise had already kind of done that, used that, or... When did it... Did it bother you from the beginning? It didn't bother me until they're circling around killing still Star Killer Base and blowing it up like the Death, Death Star. Star. And even before that, like even the mention of that, when that was the whole key to the thing is blowing up Star Killer Base, that was so much of a thing with the Death Star. Especially because in the original trilogy, in four is the same as six. Again, we're trying to destroy the Death Star. So, like, the fact that we do it again in seven, basically. And of course, they're like, "Well, it's not the same, you know." You know it's the, bigger. Exactly. It's a <laughs> exactly right. Yo, do you think this is the Death Star? Look, the Death Star is a grape. This is a cantaloupe. <laughs> that kind of does the same thing, though, just a little better. Yeah. And more, more, more worlds at once. I don't know. So yeah, I, I hear. Well, that. and so I hear you base on that. kills Freeman Edgerman, so it's better. And it was such an interesting, like, little, little tiny little role for her. I guess maybe it was expanded. Maybe they're gonna. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I guess I could use her in prequels when they talk about the New Republic. Uh, oh, yeah, it could be. I like seeing her in The Mandalorian. That would be fun. That would be fun. If you if you don't know uh, Freeman Adjaman, she is an uh, African-American British actress who was in Doctor Who. Was a good companion on Doctor Who. Yeah, I like preferred her like her later appearances. That's her interesting, me too, because she was she only had one season as a companion to David Tennant, but then she came back as a member of Unit, and, and I liked her a lot better there. I did too. She was less the uh, well, she was kind of battle worn. You know, she just said her character matured, and, and she's like one of the characters like things. she chose to leave. She's like, yeah, I'm done with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. So I like that. 
All right, so yeah, so she was in that. Um, you want to break off a little sec- a little bit to talk about the news around the Mandalorian? Yeah. There's a lot of Mandalorian news recently. There have been. We've talked about it. First, this one is older news, but that Ahsoka Tano uh, would be appearing in the Mandalorian. He's like one of the big Jedi character. He's never appeared in like a main movie or live action Star Wars thing. But, like, if you're a Star Wars fan, that name is very, 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 very familiar to you. Where did that character first appear? Uh, The Clone Wars. And that's what kind of sparked me off to start watching The Clone Wars. I'm done with Season 1. I think you're going to join me. You wanted to join me on Season 2. Yeah. Though I hear it's not great until 3 or 4. But people love 4. And I think I told you a friend of mine said on Facebook that, like, you know, episodes... Like, he mentioned three episodes in a row from this last season... And said, if you basically, if you combine them, that that would be the best Star Wars movie ever. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to try not to build that up too much when we get there and just, you know, enjoy it. But I'm excited to see, obviously, those episodes are really, really, really good. And the one I'm most excited about, and I think most people are most excited about, is Boba Fett. Played by the same actor who voiced him in Empire and played Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones. And all the clones and the Tech of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith yeah. is going to be in The Mandalorian. And that's really cool to see The Mandalorian fight Boba Fett. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about all of that. And that's also canon proof that Boba Fett survives the Sarlacc pit in Return of the Jedi. Do you think they're going to explain that? Because I don't see how that's possible. I Hopefully they explain it. Yeah, I don't want it to be... I hope they come up with a very good, credible reason. That he is alive, or how he did it, or he tells a story, or something. Maybe have, like, the end credit scene of the episode before he appears. Like, you can do a flashback of him crawling out of the Sarlacc pit or something. Oh, that'd be really good. That'd be great. Yeah. See him all... That'd be very, very cool. Sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There was some other news, too. Uh, Katie Sackhoff, right? Announcement. I forget who she played in Battlestar Galactica. I don't remember. Oh, Battlestar Galactica, she was Starbuck. Which is Starbuck. So in the original Battlestar Galactica television show in the 80s, Starbuck was this uh, the guy I played. I think Dirk Benedict maybe played him. Anyways, like kind of swashbuckling, good-looking, poker-playing, cigar-smoking, ladies' man kind of guy. That was his kind of type. And so in the reboot of the series, they replaced him with a swashbuckling, cigar-smoking, uh, woman <laughs> with a ton of swagger, and she was great in that show. That show's incredible. Uh, but she was great and in it. And in Mandalorian, she'll be playing Darth Latte. <laughs> what? Darth Latte. Is that Her a joke? Starbuck. <laughs> oh my god, and that was so awesomely uh, bad. <laughs> uh, terrible. Just terrible. But she's playing another Mandalorian character from the Clone Wars and Star Wars Ripples. And I think the important thing to take off of that, because I haven't seen her yet in The Clone Wars, and she also voices the character in The Clone Wars, but the important thing is that in the shows, she wields the Darth Saber, the Dark Saber. Okay. Which is, you know, lightsabers. It's like the black lightsaber that we see in the final end credit scene of The Mandalorian. Okay. Well, that's so exciting. So we can maybe see, maybe she wants it back from the evil guy in The Mandalorian. That 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 could be that that could be it. I love the fact that they hired the voice actor who did the Clone Wars to do the live action thing. Also, I think that's great. I don't think that happens very often. 
Yeah, I don't think it does either. So that's really that's pretty cool. Uh, and also, we hadn't talked about planning. We hadn't planned to talk about this. So and let me know if you don't want to. The uh, you watch like the behind the scenes Mandalorian thing too, right? Oh yes, I did. That was you want to talk about awesome. that now? You would yes, you would enjoy that. It's okay. Part of it feels kind of like promotional. Sure, but. I think there's an amazing thing that I've seen people on the Star Wars subreddit talking about. This is episode two, the end of episode two. I forget his name, one of the head guys in The Mandalorian, who was also one of the big guys on The Clone Wars, does this big talk on like the connections between the prequels and the sequels, and connecting Phantom Menace to Return of the Jedi and the full Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker storyline. And it's just, he does it so well, and it's so great, and it makes me appreciate Star Wars so much more. And, like, through that interview, you can see that he's, like, he's a Star Wars guy. Like, he knows everything about everything Star Wars before he started to work on Star Wars. Like, they were talking about on the set how, like, like you, you could be, like, What's the shoulder blade? And they'll say, well, it's not exactly like this. And then give them history <laughs> yeah. of a similar shoulder blade and why it's like that. Right. Uh, that's kind of like David Tennant with Doctor Who a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Is this a like an hour-long documentary? Is it an hour and a half, two hours? Or is it a series? What it's is a this? It's 30-minute episodes. Oh, and so in each episode, like what are the episodes? Like, what uh, are the they? first episode, we met kind of each director. Oh, that's fun. And then the second episode, they talked about each kind of person's legacy with Star Wars, like the legacy of George Lucas and Star Wars. All right, that's very, very cool. All right, well, let's go to our uh, to our last topic for the day. Our main topic. Our main topic is we uh, completed a series. Okay, this is one of those 10-episode series. Or is it eight? It's 10 episodes. This was 10, uh, called Upload. And this is the latest series from Greg Daniels, who did uh, The Office... And Parks and Rec. And Parks and Rec. Two of my just favorite TV series. Exactly. So this is called Upload and the whole... Do you want to talk about the premise of Upload or how do you want to go into this? Um, yeah, let's talk about the premise. Let's give it a little... Short. Basically, it's in... It's in the future, not too far in the future. The, in the near future. The not yeah, too, too distant, distant future. future. <laughs> yeah. um, where while you're about to die... They can upload your consciousness into these online servers, and you can live out your online heaven. Exactly. And, it's, and you can do it anytime, I guess. But that's generally what happens. You live your life here on Earth, and then when you're about to die, they remove upload, your head. <laughs> upload you. <laughs> yeah. And that removes the process removes your head. Right. And this story starts off with our protagonist is a software developer. And he dies in a self-driving car crash, which is something that just doesn't happen ever in their world. So part of the show is diving into the mystery of how he died. Let me take a little twist near the end. We won't, we won't do any spoilers. part of the show though. is just uh, comedy about the afterlife. Yeah, and part of the show is about relationships, too, because he is, uh, he is dating a woman named Ingrid who is beautiful and wealthy, He's not really 100% into the relationship in the beginning. But uh, else she's the person paying for his afterlife. So, like, she could, like, it's very tiptoeing on that ground because don't make her too mad and she can delete you. Exactly. That is the situation. Because she's so wealthy, uh, he is uploaded to this incredible resort, basically. This um, country in, you know, think of it like as a you know, four or five store hotel. 
basically. And so he's he's in a great place, and but not everybody is. Like there's different companies that have their own kind of virtual reality kind of places where you could go. There's like people that um, are less poor have less data they can use, less things they can do in their afterlife. Exactly. So, but yep. But there's also a relationship, kind of some romance going on with uh, his technical support. Exactly. Lady. So. Most of the episodes, they follow what he's doing and what technical support, the angels is what they call them, technical support lady is doing. Yeah, so if we were going to analyze this like from a story kind of thing, you have one plot, you have the murder mystery plot. Was he killed, and if so, how? Then two, you also have this love triangle between the protagonist, his, they call him the angel, you know, is what the person is called, like his tech support person helping him through you know, living in this, you know, weird, weird world. And then you have his still living girlfriend, Ingrid, uh, who is the one who owns him. So that's kind of the, the, the storylines that are playing out. And there's, you know, there's subplots involving other characters that are in this real world as well. Um, I, I liked it. And I think it got better as the season went on again. We don't want to do spoilers, but at first I feel like they were just, not just, but I think the narrative would flow during an episode, and then they'd come to a point where, like, they, you could tell, like, when they first thought of this idea, like, oh, it'll be really cool when we could do this, and it'll be really cool when we could do this, and if we were uploaded, we could do this. And I feel like they would come to one of those things and do it, but it wouldn't necessarily, it's almost like the fight between Django and, uh, and Obi-Wan. It didn't further the plot. It was just, like, a cool thing they thought of they could do. I, I get that, too, because I think... Yeah, because as they go through the season, they kind of get further into their main story, their A story, this murder mystery plot. But in the beginning episodes, it's kind of like, oh, this is cool. You want to see that? <laughs> yeah, right, this exactly. Is funny and cool. Exactly. And I liked, I, I, just like you, I liked it more as they delved into the actual story. Yeah, so I think when we first started watching this, I would not have recommended Upload. Uh, you know, when there's just so much out there to watch. But by the end, yeah, I would say, hey, if this is... If this is an idea you're intrigued by, you think it'd be interesting, it's worth watching, I would say. Yeah. And mm-hmm. act, acting is great. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the acting. Who is the uh, who's the lead? Lead is Robbie Amell, who is Stephen Amell's brother. And right. Stephen Amell plays Arrow in the Arrowverse. Exactly. Uh, so he is great. I think the woman who plays Ingrid is great. The woman who plays Angel is great. What do you think about like the side characters in the but I think we can tell about them without telling the adventures they go on, but just saying, like, kind of who is who else is our round of cast of characters at the resort? We have a kind of clingy type friend. We have a very David Choke, who's kind of very rich and does things. Like, there's a thing where he's eating a rhino. Yeah. <laughs> they had to kill the last one to get the taste right. Right. So to, uh, yeah, to program it right. So he's like the billionaire out there who is played by. This was incredible to see. I don't know his name, but he's awesome. The smoking guy from the X Files. That's him, right? It's I, gotta I be. Oh, you know what? It might not be him. All right, I'm gonna have to look on that because I just thought of who else it might have been. There's another great actor who kind of looks like him. All right, so all right. <laughs> I'll. We might have to edit this out because this question might be weird. But is David Choke a parody of Coke Brothers? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, do you see anything in his behavior or well, his political about, beliefs? They, they talked or? about his like he was a political, very political guy. So, and 
joke. I, mean, I think most billionaires are. Coke. Yeah, it could be. It could be. That is, if they're if they're doing that, they're doing it either I'm missing it or it's more subtle. But that could be. I don't know. Uh, there's also a little kid who he's friends with who's like what, 10 or 12, maybe 8. I don't know how old he was when he was uploaded. But his, you know, his mind is still developing and growing while his body is staying the same. So that's, well, that's another... That's an interesting... And you have to update. You can pay to update your age. And his family, like his mom, doesn't really want to do it because she misses her little boy who died. Uh, while the, it's, you know, so that's, that's a fun subplot. We got the clingy best friend subplot. Well, we've got... And the, another interesting plot is uh, Angel, like her dad. You know, she's living. Who doesn't and, want... Her dad doesn't want to upload because he wants to see her, his his, his, his dead wife, and the more biblical version of heaven. In heaven, yeah, like he he's holding out holding out that. So that's an interesting subplot. Um, There's a lot of interesting stuff. I think the way it's hard to judge the show now because it seems like they had a lot of ideas that they did not get to put into the show with the ten episode limit. So I think it'd be, it's definitely easier to talk about this. I'm I'm excited to see what they do in later seasons. I am too, and and I and I get why they were so excited about all the philosophical opportunities involved in this and discussions morally and ethically. Um, so like the next few seasons could be you know pretty there could be lots of cool things to explore, uh, and I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. How about you? Yeah, me too. All right, and Greg Daniels usually makes good things. Yeah, and you know, usually in later seasons too. Oh, that's so interesting. That's like. The first seasons of The Office and Parks and Rec. I really like the first season of The Office more than most people do. But not really the first season of Parks and Rec. But he usually gets better as they go along. He has to find the rhythm. I got you. That makes sense. All right, cool. All right, anything else to talk about for this uh, our week in COVID? No. I don't think week so. and a half in COVID, I guess. Week and a half in COVID. All we'll right. have to find some interesting stuff to do before Sunday. We're recording <laughs> yeah, another one. There we go. Well, let's. I, I was still. I want some Star Wars. <laughs> I still want to finish that. Um. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to uh, this really random, kind of no format <laughs> podcast. I promise they will they will get better sooner. Not a guarantee. Yeah, not a guarantee. <laughs> I, think, I think the amount of times that we've said that they they know that it's the, the chance. It's like fifty fifty. Like we lost we lost all credibility long ago. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Until we meet again, you should you should probably just expect it to be just a jumble of noises. <laughs> when you listen to the podcast, just expect it to be like animal sounds, <laughs> and then, then you'll you're, you'll be lifted by actually hearing us talk. This could happen. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Harrah. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.